0: to another episode of hoop talk my name is Ryan there's my guy Jalen
1: what's up what's up guys
0: we're ready for another episode and today we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference so basically if the playoffs were to end today we're gonna go over the Eastern Conference side the next episode we're gonna go over the West Western Conference side and we'll see how each of the teams uh, we'll see how each of the series play out so first we're going to talk about the Bucks versus the Magic, the one seed versus the eight seed. Jalen, do you think the Bucks will be able to do what they did last year and sweep uh, sweep their opponents in the first round?
1: So I have to be honest. I picked Bucks in five. Um, uh, Orlando's got a little bit of a home court thing going, even even without the fact that there would be no fans in the stadium. Um, I think the excitement of still being able to stay within their arena, I think, is going to get them a game. Um, Aaron Gordon's no slouch. Uh, Evan Fournier is a great shooter from the outside. Honestly, I think the biggest thing is the fall of Jonathan Isaac. Whether or not he comes back after his injury that he suffered earlier this year, um, whether this hiatus has been enough to be able to bring him back onto the court, will have a lot to do with whether or not they get swept or they get a gentleman sweep. But in my personal opinion, I think he's going to come back. He was definitely a de- defensive player of the year candidate, and I think that's going to be one of the contributing factors that gets them a game, but i got to take the Bucks at least in a gentleman's sweep, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I think the, the Magic put up a good fight last year. The problem is they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the East. I, I agree with you in which that this is a series that, that the Magic win one or two games. I do think overall that the Bucs are just going to be too much for the Magic to handle. And there's also that added pressure for the Bucs, considering that they were the best team last year and they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. So now I think that this is a start not only for the Bucs, but for Giannis to prove that not only that Giannis is the best player in the league, but he needs to lead the best team in the league to the Finals.
1: Definitely. I mean, he's a reigning MVP coming back to the season. He was already on another MVP-like tear side-by-side with LeBron James the whole time, like we talked about in the past segment. I mean, he's got a lot to prove. Getting booted out in the first round, coronavirus or not, is not going to help him out at all.
0: All right, so the next series, the two versus the seven seeds, the Raptors versus the Nets. Jalen, what do you think about this series?
1: So I got to say, this is a toss-up depending on the circumstances. I went Raptors in five, but that's because I'm not counting KD in this at all. If KD decides to come back in what would be nearly, if not over 400 days since suffering his Achilles injury, then I got to say that I would end up leaning in favor of the Nets, but it would be in a tough seven game series where I have to take the best player on the court and even an 80% version of KD is better than a hundred percent version of a Pascal Siakam. The Raptors have a deeper team. And I think that that'll be what has the greatest impact, especially coming off of such a hiatus like this. But I think if KD doesn't come back, that depth is going to be way too overwhelming to the point that they're going to get ran off the court, I believe. And players like, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving, their producers in the backcourt. I definitely would take them over, you know, Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, for example. They can't hold the onslaught of Pascal Siakam by themselves. They can't hold the onslaught of OG Ananobi from a defensive standpoint, who can pretty much cover the one through the three. So um, with KD, Nets in seven. Without KD, which is my assumption, Raptors in five.
0: So, historically, the last time these two teams met in the playoffs was 2014, and the Brooklyn Nets won seven games. I think this is going to be a different story this time around, considering it's been more than six years since the Raptors have played the Nets in the playoffs. I think the Raptors are going to be the team that we saw this year in the regular season where Pascal Siakam is going to be the shining star on the team, and you have a solid supporting cast with Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, and... OG and Uobi. I think the Nets really struggled this season, and I don't think that they're going to put up a fight. I do think Kevin Durant could be a factor in this series, but you're right. If he doesn't come back, I don't see the Nets having a chance against the Raptors. So I'm going to say Raptors in six. Um, I do think the Nets will, I, I do think the Nets will have their shining moments. I think Spencer Dinwiddie will have a good couple games, but I think, if it's, if I think if I'm picking the Raptors, I have to look at Pascal Siakam as the guy who is the new face of the Toronto Raptors.
1: Definitely, and I feel like the step up from him, I feel like you know all the expectations this year was that the Raptors are going to trade everybody, they're going to get this fresh new slate with Masai Ujiri, you know, having a new play toy, and the fact that, you know, he gets to play fantasy GM with almost a cleared out roster draft picks the whole nine and they stuck out um they stuck it out and they stuck through and I think the biggest thing about it is I mean they're defending champs Kawhi no Kawhi at the end of the day the core of that team is still there Kawhi is what put them over the top that does not mean that when he leaves they are a first round exit that's ridiculous
0: yeah I have to agree I just I I think that this team is too good right now to be a first round exit um they're definitely not what they once were but but I think that Toronto will definitely put up a good fight in this series I still I I just I see them winning in six games
1: I think one team that uh, we're actually about to move on to um, is probably the toughest out in the entire playoffs to be honest and it's the Boston Celtics Um, you got them going up against the 76ers who do you got in that matchup
0: I think this is going to be interesting considering what happened in their last playoff matchup two years ago. Um, I think in the first round in the East, this may be the only series that goes to seven games. I I think I have a few questions about what uh, Philadelphia is going to do in this series. Will Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid be able to show out? I think those two factors alone will make for how, how well the team plays overall. I think because Ben Simmons was kind of on and off during the playoffs last year, and Joel Embiid was Joel Embiid was silent at times, but when he was effect, but when he was effective, he was effective. But I think if I'm looking at the Celtics, I think I determine if the play of uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. I think the play of those three guys will determine how well Boston does. I know they don't have a lot of depth coming off the bench. I think if Kemba has a good game, he, he's going to be able to help out the, the core of the team. I think that I, – I think also with Kemba only his third playoff series, he's still relatively new to the playoff system. He's got to have help with the supporting cast of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Also, I feel like if Brett Brown loses this series – if Philly loses the series overall, I think Brett Brown's done as the Philly coach. I think the Celtics win in seven, and Brett Brown's job is in jeopardy.
1: Well, I guess to kind of play off that, ironically enough, I have the Celtics in six, but to go pretty much directly off the reason that you ended off on, I think Brett Brown is going to get out coached. I think, funny enough, I'm looking at their roster now in terms of where Boston stands. Kimba, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward can't sleep on Marcus Smart. Dice is nice off the bench. They're deep. I feel like the biggest, the, the big theme that's going to be seen within most of the takes that I have today are going to be that the teams with depth are the teams that are going to come out on top. This team has depth, but I also think that the talent gap between Boston and the Celtics is as close as it's ever been. And unfortunately for the 76ers, they've lost under worse circumstances in terms of where they stood um, up against the the Celtics, in terms of where they were. They were in situations where it almost looked like they were supposed to win and they lost now they're in a position where they don't really look like they should win at all and it's going to look like a route I can't completely you know give the Celtics a, some type of sweep or anything like that because at the end of the day they do uh the 76ers do have Joel Embiid they do have Ben Simmons um, they do have Tobias Harris I'm not going to discount the talent that's there but I just think that the Celtics are going to be too over the
0: Celtics have a lot of talent on their team. I don't think I don't think we're we're mentioning the same Sixers team that we were last year. I think the last year's Sixers team definitely was Eastern Conference Finals or had the Eastern Conference Finals potential. This Sixers team, I don't see them making it out of the first round. I don't think the process is over yet. But if the process needs to continue, then I think Brett Brown is no longer going to be a part of this process. Like, I, I don't th- I don't feel like he's leading the se- the 76ers past the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. I think Philly's a team that's ready to make the next jump, but I don't think Brett Brown is going to be a part of it in the future.
1: I can't disagree at all. Honestly, I just feel like coronavirus or not, his job was on, on deck as a potential flameout this season regardless. Uh, They weren't producing on the court. You couldn't really blame injuries for the reason why they weren't producing on the court. They took a significant step back from a team that basically got shot in the heart by Kawhi Leonard with that shot that he knocked down, luck or not. And it's a team that really hasn't made great front office moves since that took place. Picking up Al Horford has probably confused the lineup more than it has helped it increasing the amount of big men on the floor at the same time. I know Al Horford was one of those guys that was like, let's get him so he can't stop Joel Embiid because Al Horford was one of the the big proponents of the Celtics being able to get, up, uh, get over the 76ers in the past. But, I mean, it definitely was a clogged up pick. Trading for Richardson, although the player is good, I think within whatever system Brown thinks he has, Richardson didn't really get to thrive within that as an on-ball player as an off-ball player as a slasher so I think that his job was I think that Brett Brown's job was in jeopardy from the minute this team started to fall apart yeah I, I think
0: the thing with Brett Brown is that he's been around for some of the worst of the Philadelphia 76ers years even before like they were making the playoffs in uh, 2018 and 2019. The thing is, it's also going to rely on like how well they move the ball offensively. Is Tobias Harris going to be able to shoot well? Is Joel Embiid going to be the centerpiece of this offense going forward? I think those are questions that Philly has to consider going forward. But I, I don't think anything's going to change with this series. I, I think Kemba is going to have a great series, even though it's his third only his third playoff series as a pro I think Jason Tatum is going to grow as a player in this playoff series as well and we get to see we get to see Gordon Hayward out there as well like only two years removed from that that horrible injury that he had I think it's going to be interesting for the Celtics to, in terms of their move from Kyrie to Kemba how well is that going to affect the offense in the playoffs I think Kyrie was much more of a ball handler I think he wanted the ball more than almost any other player on the Celtics. But now you have a guy like Kemba who can distribute the ball to Tatum and Brown and Gordon Hayward and Daniel Tice. I think that this, this could work better for the Celtics than what they have with Kyrie.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think the funny part about that is that it really does come down to leadership, which this next thing that we're talking about, the Miami Heat, they're going up against the Pacers, and I think leadership is a big factor on both teams. Me personally, heading towards the Miami Heat, seven games. That's, that's where I'm leaning. I really feel like it's a toss-up series, but speaking on leadership, I think that Jimmy Butler is the player that changes the series, the dif- difference maker in the series. As I've said before, the Pacers are no slouch. Getting Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon back fully healthy with a couple games to kind of get themselves together is definitely something to be in fear of if you're the Heat. But I feel like the shooting of Duncan Robinson, the shooting of Hero, the ball handling that Jimmy Butler provides, the fact that Bam Adebayo has grown is not just some rebounder who can also kind of get a couple of put-back dunks here and there. He's starting to facilitate I think that Jimmy Butler's ability to bring those guys together and bring the best out of them in a playoff scenario puts them over the top in seven games. But what do you think is the deciding factor, factor in a series like Miami versus the Pacers, where there's no screaming superstar on either, two, or either of the two teams, but they all have solid overall rosters?
0: I think the big overlying factor is how well the rookies play for the Heat. Kendrick Nunn has been phenomenal this year. Duncan Robinson has been shooting lights out from beyond the arc. I think when you, and also Tyler Hero, you can't forget about him. I think the play of those three guys will determine how well the heat play going forward. Jimmy Butler's also been consistent in the playoffs, but he's had a few bad games here and there. I think if he, I think he fits well with this Miami team. And I could see Miami overall being a dark horse in the playoffs. I can't say the same thing for the Pacers. I said a couple episodes ago that the Pacers are a middle-of-the-pack playoff team. They need to go from the 4-5-6 seed to getting a first, second, or third seed. I, I feel like if the Pacers are able to do that, I will consider them more of a contender. Right now, they're not, and I feel like it's just only hurting them that they keep getting the fourth seed and the fifth seed every single year. I think for Miami, it's, it's basically a five-win or six-win. I would say this: Miami wins in five or six because Miami's been surprisingly good this year. I, I don't think anyone expected them to do well. I think after Dwayne Wade retired and they were basically left without a leader in the team, um, I feel like Jimmy Butler stepped in and he's, he's picked up that leadership role. And you've seen great play from Bam Adebayo, who could be a strong candidate for most, most improved player. I feel like once you, once you factor those in, I think the Heat could make a deep run this playoff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whose players step up the most. And I think that with a team like the Heat, it's not necessarily that they're going to overpower or outmatch the pacers i think it's the fact that they have players on their team that i feel like i trust more in crunch time and that's going to be what really puts them over is that they they come up big when it counts it's going to be a tough back and forth series nate mcmillan is not going to let his team just get out coached and i think that it's going to come down to the players on the court to really step up in those last two minutes of games, last three, four minutes of games, get clutch buckets, big stops, and I just think that the Heat have a roster that's a lot more built for that. It's also
0: the coach. Eric spolstra has been to uh four finals in his career. He's also won two. I think when you have a guy with that much playoff experience, I, I think it can it can go far. It's also it's also interesting because Jimmy Butler Actually, not Jimmy Butler. Andre Iguodala wasn't even supposed to be on Miami Heat. He was bought out by the Grizzlies. And he's actually become another asset for Miami. It's also interesting that the rookies, Hero, Nunn, and Robinson, have been playing as well as they were. Especially Nunn and Robinson, considering you said on the last episode, Robinson was on the G League team for Miami. And mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn was undrafted altogether. So the fact that they are playing as well as they are is a
1: surprise. Definitely, definitely. Um, to move on to the next set of series, we got to get to the conference semifinals. As of right now, it sounds like we're both on the same page, so we've got the Bucs versus the Celtics to start off. Who you got?
0: This, this is another one where it can go to seven. I feel like the Bucks have a loaded roster, and we said this last episode, the pieces – that the Bucs have surrounded Giannis with have been able or have enabled him to succeed. We can't discount the production from Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez on the floor, and then George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver off the bench. I feel like the Celtics have the assets to make an Eastern Conference run. I think Brad Stevens is underrated for the work that he's done in Boston. I said this in... The last take, where how well is Kemba going to do running the offense? Kyrie did it last year. The Celtics only won one game in the semifinals. I think the play of Kemba will factor how well the team plays. But overall, I think the Celtics are just – sorry, not the Celtics. The Bucs are going to be too much. And I say the Bucks win in six games.
1: So I actually – I have to disagree with you on this one to be honest with you. Um, I know they have a reigning MVP. I I know they have an all-star player in Chris Middleton. But again, like I said earlier, my takes are going to reflect based off how deep the roster is. And to me, George Hill is a player that's not shown up well in the playoffs. He showed it in Cleveland. It's part of the reason that he didn't last too long for the San Antonio Spurs at one point. He's a journeyman backup point guard that can help you through the regular season to keep your roster afloat. But I think when you ask him to play good minutes off the bench in a playoff scenario, he has not proven that he can step up. This entire Celtics team is battle-tested. I'm sorry. I mean, Milwaukee, you know, they, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And you know, they showed out against a tough Toronto Raptors team, but what showed the weakness that step that that was prominent throughout the series was you put a lot of bodies on Giannis, you force the rest of the players on the team to step up. Chris Middleton could step up, but who else is there for them? They didn't have Malcolm Brogdon last year, who was, who's been a productive player, even since coming out of Virginia. They didn't get a lot out of Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo Di was just kind of still getting his bearings together. This is a Celtics team that is very deep, has their roles set, and they understand, for the most part, across their roster, what it's like to perform in the postseason season the deeper you go along. And I think that all of that spells for a good seven-game series that comes down to a game seven where the inability of Giannis to be able to shoot the three ball and the Celtics' ability to put multiple bodies on him throughout the game is going to be the difference maker that gives the Celtics – a two, three-point cushion to win the game in, you know, some kind of buzzer-beater, late transition point-type fashion. They win in the game.
0: It's unfortunate because the Celtics are a very good team. There's no doubt about it. I think the addition of Kemba is more beneficial to uh, the offense that Brad Stevens wants to run on the floor. But if you're talking about Giannis's lack of ability to shoot from beyond the arc, it doesn't really matter that he can't shoot from beyond the arc because he has teammates that can We said two episodes ago that Giannis can be the MVP because he has the pieces around him to make him succeed. I think this is going to be the case for him now because Middleton can shoot and Bledsoe can shoot, and you, don't really, you only really need to create outside help. I think Giannis can take care of it from the inside. But the only concern for me with the Celtics is how are you going to defend him? Daniel Tice is the only big man that I see that can defend Giannis. I can't really see Jason Tatum. I can see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown assist on the double team. But I don't think that it's just going to take one Celtics player to take on Giannis.
1: But I think that's the point, though. To be honest with you, I think that's that's exactly the point is it's going to take a team effort to be able to stop a player like Giannis. Name another team besides the Raptors that doesn't have that, that that does have the capability to do something like that. Sounds like the Celtics to me, to be honest. That's I mean, some would disagree. I I wouldn't necessarily fight you if you thought that they weren't but personally they have a handful of six seven six eight guys who are they supposed to stop Giannis? I think that's the misconception you're not going to stop an MVP caliber player that is that averages 25 30 plus points double digit rebounds at least four or five if not six assists per game and does a lot of damage, slashing, driving, and just being underneath the hoop. You're not going to stop a generational build like 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", with 7 foot plus wingspan. You're just not going to stop that player. The point is to force him into a situation where he's not being stopped. He's being forced to trust. And for a team like the one that he's surrounded by, you can tell that Giannis has the trust in them, but as a bench that still hasn't even gotten a lot of playoff experience, to be honest, or hasn't had a lot of great playoff success in terms of their own individual performances, the question then comes, do they trust themselves when Giannis leans on them? And that's one of those things where I think with the The roster that the Celtics have, they can exploit that and force them into a situation that causes players like Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe to step up. And then they have to either meet the bill or they fall flat on their face. It's going to be a tough series either way, but I definitely think that we're going to see just how much of a support Giannis' supporting cast can really give him when the the rubber meets the road.
0: I absolutely agree. I thought that was a good take. I always feel like with Giannis, the MVP always needs the supporting cast. The real question is, like you said, will the supporting cast step up? And that's where I think we disagree. I think they will step up. You say they won't step up. I think we kind of have to see for ourselves. I think there is I think the more interesting matchup is who will face the winner of the, the Celtics in the Bucks which in the other matchup is the Raptors and the Heat. Do you think the Raptors will be able to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: So I got to be honest, this was one of those, this was one of the hardest picks besides like the matchup between the Heat and Indiana just because of how much I like both of their rosters. But as much as I like the Heat and their build, I just think they're too young and too inexperienced. And this is going to be the part where although they might be able to push on against a team like Indiana, Indiana is tough-nosed and hard as a matchup because of the fact that they have players that in a one-on-one scenario are going to be able to hold their end and be able to exploit matchups. The Raptors match up well at nearly every position on the floor. And I don't think that that can be overlooked because of the fact that when you factor in their depth, then that's where players like Fred Van Bleet have another outstanding series is going to be the player that I feel like in a series like this is going to be the difference between winning and losing the series. Because I think his matchup as a bench guard with a guard like Goran Drogic on the heat is going to be what defines the series from a depth standpoint. So actually I have the Raptors with all their young talent and having championship experience the way they do. Uh, Siakam steps up big. Fred Van Vliet has a big, big series and they win in six games.
0: This is another one where I could see it going to seven. I think this is a series that will be based on depth. Uh, If I'm looking on the heat side, Jimmy Butler needs to be the leader on this team and be consistent. I think he's a great player. He's somebody that the Heat can gravitate, can gravitate towards. But the one thing that he needs to he needs to to do on the court is play like every game is game seven. Some days, like he will shoot, or some games he will shoot sixty percent and put up twenty two points. Other games he will shoot thirty five percent and only put up sixteen. I think that he's got to be consistent and, like I said, just play every game like it's a game seven. This is also another case where it's going to depend on how well the rookies play. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Will the lack of playoff experience affect the Heat in that situation? Also, how much of an advantage will it be to have Andre Iguodala? You just picked up Andre Iguodala halfway through the season, and I think when you have a playoff veteran with finals experience, which no one on the Heat does outside of Eric Spolstra and Udonis Haslam, I think adding another veteran who knows what it takes will help them succeed going forward. With that being said, I don't feel like the Heat have the talent right now to win in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and I say this goes to the Raptors in seven. I think they have a shining star in Pascal Siakam, and I agree with you that every player on the Toronto Raptors matches up well with with uh, the Miami Heat. I just feel like the only concern is that this team is like the old Raptors. And when I say like the old Raptors, I mean will they be able to? Will they be able to shake off their playoff their playoff woes from the past? Do they? Will they be able to prove that they don't need Kawhi Leonard? to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and to go to the Finals. That's my only concern right now with the Raptors. Outside of that, I think they win in seven games. This could be a competitive series going either way. I think the Heat definitely need a little more experience than what they have. Raptors in seven.
1: So with that being the case, though, we, we end up agreeing on the Raptors. but we both have really interesting conference finals takes. So I want you to lead off with not only who your matchup is, but who you have winning in the conference finals and going to the NBA finals this season.
0: My Eastern Conference finals picks are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. I think this is a reversal of fortune from last year. I say the Bucks win in six games. I think Giannis is going to be ready to go this time. I think Middleton's going to step up to be the great shooter that we know he is. And I, I know you you have issues with their bench. The bench needs to provide the support for the Bucks need, for the Bucs to win. I think that this is going to be the series where the bench steps up. This, for, all, for the uh, Toronto Raptors, this is a situation where I think losing Kawhi hurts them. I think Serge... Is, has a good inside presence. Much like I said in the last take with the uh, Bucks and the Celtics, I think that you're going to need a team effort when you're going up against Giannis. I think it can't, can't just be Serge. I think Kawhi was also there last year to shut down the options that the Bucks had last year with Milton and Bledsoe and Matthews. But now it's like, you now you have no Kawhi. So who is going to step up is it going to be Serge is it going to be OG is it going to be Gasol is it going to be Siakam is it going to be Lowry I think that's the question that Toronto is going to be faced going into the Eastern
1: Conference Finals so ironically enough we both have the same mentality in terms of reversal of fortune. But I think that – I I think I really think it's going to work out different than how you see it. I actually have the Celtics and the Raptors going to the conference finals, and I have the reversal of fortune working in favor of the Boston Celtics. This has been a team that over the last couple of years has been knocking on the door, and they have fell short by the hands of LeBron James the same way the Raptors have. Last year was the Raptors' turn to break down that door and get things going. I think that this season is just the year for them to finally step up, do their thing, and take over in terms of the division as a whole. I really think, I genuinely believe that the star power of Jason Tatum is going to step up when the bright lights come on in the Eastern Conference Finals. I believe that the fortunes, of this team really embracing a full team mentality, but having that identified um, budding star on their team, similar to Pascal Siakam, but I just see Jason Tatum versus Pascal Siakam in favor of Tatum. With that being the case, similar to you, not going to undermine anybody whatsoever, but I have, so I have to go with the Celtics in seven, it's going to be a tough series where I think the most important thing outside the players is going to be the coaching duel between Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse, where I don't think either one will necessarily get the upper hand, but we'll see just exactly how tactical basketball can get in a very calculated series like this one, Celtics and seven though.
0: I think the Celtics have a strong case. I think they were, they were so close in 2018, but if it wasn't for LeBron in game seven, of the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they definitely would have had a stronger they definitely would have made the finals. As the case for last year, I can't really blame this one on Brad Stevens and uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think they had Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving healthy for the first time and I think it almost it almost wasn't beneficial. I think they did better without those two guys. I think, you know, maybe maybe it was Kyrie that was the problem but maybe it was also Gordon Hayward. Maybe he was a liability on the court. Now you have no Kyrie. So you have – you swap an all-star for an all-star. And like I said earlier, I feel like it's going to – Kemba's play is going to determine how well the Celtics do going forward. We know how how well Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could do in the playoffs. We've seen that before. But now I think it's Kemba's turn.
1: I definitely think that for an x factor in the series, who would have thought that a multi time all star like Kimball Walker would be considered an x factor it just It just shows almost to a certain extent how deep the the Celtics team is, and I do agree I definitely think that their ability to get to the finals relies on his play because they have the one, two, three options down in terms of him, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, incorporating Gordon Hayward as a primary scoring option on that team. I think that the duel between Kyle Lowry and Kimba Walker definitely has a lot to factor in. I just believe Cardiac Kimba, it might not be March, but he's a difference maker when the chips are on the line. And I have to say that in a series with those lights being that bright, him never even sniffing the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think that that's when he steps up, and I think that's going to be a big play in why the Celtics end up making it to the finals this year.
0: All right, so you have the Celtics as your finals pick? Yes, sir. I have the Bucs as my finals pick. On the next episode, we will see how the Western Conference shakes out in the playoffs.